are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What up? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, July the 15th, and I hope that you are recovering nicely from that incredible TBT tournament final hangover from last night. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for playmission.com, Pistons fan and follower my whole life and a sports newspaper reporter. For over a decade as well, thanks for listening, thanks for sticking with us during the hiatus I'm on vacation this week. I'm taping this on Tuesday morning, so you will hear this on Wednesday, and then we will be back in action five days a week, actually, maybe four or five days a week starting next week, so back in the saddle as the NBA nears its return in the bubble in Orlando. Games start July 30th, by the way. Baseball starting next weekend on July 24th. The Detroit Tigers down in Cincinnati to take on the Reds, but today... I'm going to give you the blow-by-blow of the game that you saw last night on Tuesday. So we're doing a little time and space continuum here. As uh, Yeah, I just want to – unfortunately, I forgot to remind you guys in the top of Tuesday's podcast to watch this one. So we're going to kind of do a preview review or something like that. But uh, anyway, also we're going to hear from the Part 3 of the Delete 8 2.0 mock draft. That's right, the 7th and 8th picks are coming from the Hornets and the Knicks. So those guys dug – and uh, the next folks will help us out doing that one. Give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also, the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash. Matt Shook, give a follow to the new Twitter account as well. That's play underscore Michigan. Help out my full-time gig. Grow that one. Retweets, all that good stuff too. But like I said, taping this on Tuesday morning. And then so tonight and last night for you guys, sideline cancer versus the Golden Eagles and the TBT, the the basketball tournament. We've talked about it in the last couple summers as we had a little bit of a local flavor with one of the teams, Eberline Drive over in Frazier. Kind of a fun story with a bunch of neighborhood kids that started a, t- a basketball tournament team and were kind of a laughing stock in the early phases of the tournament, but actually built it up to a legitimate thing. Used some of the branding that they had established by being written up in ESPN.com and all these other places. And, and those guys, Jacob Hirschman, kind of leading the way, picked up some overseas guys, picked up some former NBA guys, and and made some runs in the tournament over the years, losing in the finals a couple years back to uh, Overseas Elite, which is a team that's kind of dominated this event as time has gone on. However, on Sunday night in the matchup that I saw like the last couple plays on uh, as I came in and turned the TV on, they, they were beaten in the semifinals. Joe Johnson playing on Overseas Elite, former Pistons legend, they were beat in the Elam ending at the very last, well, of course, it's the very last. Everything's a walk-off shot in the basketball tournament. But uh, my man knocks down a three-pointer off a pass from Marcus Keene of CMU, putting sideline cancer into the finals, giving them the upset victory there. They will meet the Golden Eagles in the final. That's right. That's a team made up of Marquette alums. And what's the first name you think of when you think of Marquette? Well, it's probably Dwayne Wade. Maybe it's... Al McGuire from those teams way back in the day, the late Al McGuire. But probably if you're a Pistons fan, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, of course, Dwight Bikes is point guarding the Golden Eagles team. So hopefully you 
heard about this and saw that you need to watch the finals of the, the basketball tournament. Sideline Cancer versus Golden Eagles going at it for the championship on national television. A $1 million prize in the balance. So I wonder how that one went out, went down. Uh, probably won't watch it as we'll be on vacation tonight. But uh, anyway, good times there for some uh, some Michigan names there. Marcus Keene of CMU put up those huge numbers, led the nation in scoring, I believe, left early to go to the pros, knowing that he probably wasn't going to go to the NBA, or maybe knowing that he wasn't going to the NBA. I'm not really sure, but certainly a guy who's filling it up overseas and also in the basketball tournament. Maybe he'll get an NBA look at some point too. fire up chips. You know, I'm a CMU guy, so hopefully Marcus Keene gets his look. But speaking of guys getting their look, up next is the Delete 8 Part 3 from the 2.0 mock draft. A lot to keep track of there as Doug and uh, the Knicks folks are going to be picking 7 and 8 and reacting to the former picks and looking ahead for some of the other picks as well. Back with regularly scheduled program on Monday, especially if there's any news to react to from these next few days in Pistons land. But uh, that Delete 8 is coming up next. That's coming up next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast. But hey, Need to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 damn years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even carpet for your ride. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. And remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers like Joe Schmo U in the garage. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yes, sir! Welcome to a special edition of Locked On Hornets and Locked On Knicks. It's a crossover edition in honor of our Delete 8 Mock Draft 2.0 uh, that we just wrapped up. I'm Doug Branson, a host of Locked On Hornets. Joining me is Alex Wolf, host of Locked On Knicks. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? we got a lot to get to. Uh, we did this mock draft. If you uh, haven't heard one of these crossover episodes before, uh, we've gathered the Delete 8 teams, the eight teams that are not going to Orlando, and we decided, okay, fine, you get to go to Orlando. We're going to have our own fun by doing some mock drafts from now until uh, the actual draft in October. So we are on Mock Draft 2.0, and in this edition, we decided, Alex, to shake things up and uh, mix up the draft order a little bit. I did some randomization on Tankathon, and unfortunately the Hornets did not move up. I don't think the Knicks did either, right? You guys fell back a pick, is that is that right? Yeah, which actually is the most likely outcome for the Knicks based <laughs> off the weird, the weird way that the new odds work. The Knicks have like a 30-something percent chance of getting into the top four, and then like a 55% chance of dropping a pick and only like less than 10% chance of actually holding it six. Well, so it's it's weird. Well, and I think the same, even if the odds aren't the same for the Hornets, it still holds true because, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but since, the, since NBA basketball returned to Charlotte in the form of the Charlotte Bobcats, the Bobcats slash Hornets have never moved up in a draft. They've either well, stayed where they are or they've moved back. Well, that's that's holding right in form with the Knicks as well, who have uh, they have not moved up since Patrick Ewing 
in any draft lottery since 1985. So... So let's just hope that these mock drafts are not indicative of what will actually happen on August uh, 25th when they they hold the NBA lottery. Let's hope for luck for both of these franchises because they are two franchises that are in desperate need of a little lottery luck. But in this mock draft 2.0, the Knicks are sitting in the seventh slot and the Hornets are sitting in the eighth slot. So I guess the, the natural first thing to do would be to discuss how the first six picks went uh, Atlanta won the lottery. Uh, Brad Rowland selected LaMelo Ball. Next went to Chicago, Anthony Edwards. Cleveland in the three slot uh, selected Killian Hayes. Minnesota took Obi Toppin. Golden State selected Tyrese Halliburton. And then Matt Shook over at Locked On Pistons had the sixth pick, and he goes with Onyeka Okongwu. Now in the next segment, Alex is going to reveal who the Knicks, Locked On Knicks podcast selected. And then in the third segment, I will reveal uh, who the uh, Locked on Hornets podcast selected. Um, but Alex, uh, let's just kind of talk about how we feel these first six picks shook out. Yeah, I mean, my general feeling is the first three to me are backbreakers. The second three I could care less about, at least as it pertains to the Knicks. Like, I, I feel like I, I definitely love LaMelo Ball and Killian Hayes, and I think they're probably my top two on my board uh, and will be pretty much all the way up to the draft. The Knicks have been starved for a point guard, you know, for so long. We have Frank Nilakina, who a lot of fans love myself included. Um, but, you know, there's questions about his, his long-term viability as like a, a starting NBA point guard uh, and whether he might be better suited to be sort of a, a frequently ball handling combo guard uh, in the future or something like that. He really needs to figure out his offensive game and all that too. Like he, he, he's good at organizing an offense and finding people in their spots, but isn't the best at breaking down a defense yet. So the Knicks really need that sort of guy. And LaMelo ball is definitely that Um, he has shot concerns as well, but you know, is good at breaking down the defense has a phenomenal handle. And is like from everything that I've read and seen one of the best passers in the last like five drafts, like period, you know, right up there with like the Luka Doncic's, the Trey Young's of the world, as far as just pure passing ability. And uh, definitely a guy that I would love to see on the Knicks. Uh, you know, unfortunately I, I tried to make a foray for the first pick and then the second pick and uh, struck out. And uh, I, I didn't even attempt the third pick then because it just seemed like nobody was biting but I, I tried to offer up the Knicks' seventh pick plus the uh, 27th overall. And then I was even dangling. Well, it's tentative, but it's the Clippers' pick, you know, about 27th overall. And then I was dangling the, uh, the Hornets' second-round pick as well, <laughs> which thank, thank you to you guys. Uh, and that's presumably eighth overall in the second round. So I tried that, couldn't move up, a little heartbroken that I couldn't get one of those top three guys. Well, and so, yeah, we should mention that we did open up trades as well as shaking up the the draft lottery. So we went really crazy on this one. Both Atlanta and Chicago, Brad uh, Brad Rowland with the Locked on Hawks podcast and then uh, Matt and Jordan with the Locked on Bulls podcast, they were both open 
to trading those picks. And I think that's that's really interesting because, because they are acting as representatives of what they feel like their team would do. And so if Atlanta and Chicago both move up into the top three, I think it is reasonable to expect both of those teams to try to trade back out of that position because both teams have young talent already uh, that they're confident in. And this draft is relatively weak on star talent, but neither of those teams trade. Atlanta takes LaMelo. Now, LaMelo went second overall in the mock draft 1.0. Anthony Edwards took the top spot with Golden State in our first mock draft, but in this one, LaMelo goes one. Anthony Edwards goes two. Killian Hayes, you mentioned him. He goes three. Kevin O'Connor has him, I believe, number one on his big board. You have him number two, but a lot of other people, I mean, I've seen him as low as 10. Uh, I, I, you know, I think he's all over the map right now. What do you see in Killian Hayes? I'm interested in that because I like Killian Hayes too. Um, but, but I wonder is, is he like top two pick potential kind of guy? What do you see in Killian Hayes? Well, I mean, I don't think in most other drafts, he'd be a top two pick. Right. Um, but I, I think in this one, you could certainly make a case for him. I mean, the big things that I've seen and, you know, I, this is coming from, it, there's certain people that whose opinions I like more, you know, in the draft of sphere. I think everybody has their favorites. Um, one of my favorites is actually like a, a personal friend of mine named Spencer Perlman, who's he's worked as a scout um, for, you know, an NBA team last year. He's, he's worked for the step in, which is one of my favorite draft websites. Um, he's pretty high on Killian um, and a couple other prospects he really likes. I've kind of fallen in love with as well, but Killian, I think it's just like uh, he's a good shooter for one thing, like which is something that's not super available in the top part of this draft at all. You know, even the top prospects like LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, both had really real concerns with their three point shot and their shooting in general and their percentages. Um, Killian actually shot a respectable percentage in a, in a professional league, you know, in a men's league in Europe. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something to write home about, I think, in this draft, considering that there's so many guys that had their struggles with shooting percentage. And, and particularly, there's, no, there's really no dominant three-point shooters in the top part of this draft. And he's the only guy that, you know, right now you could reasonably say has a pretty solid, buildable three-point shot. Um, and then on top of it, I think he's a little underrated as a passer because he has most of his rep as a as you know a scorer. But he's, I mean, he's, he's a maestro with his dominant hand, with his left hand, and with his right hand, it seems like he needs a little bit of work. But I mean, I think you could say that for most guys with their their offhand, you know, at 18 years old, uh, um, coming into the league, you know. So I, I think there's definitely a case to be made for him potentially as the number one, but definitely as a top three pick in this draft. Um, obviously there's some defensive concerns, but again, nobody's perfect. Like Anthony Edwards and LaMelo ball have very real defensive concerns with them as well. So I think he ticks all the boxes, you know, at least in this draft, maybe in another draft, he might be more like a, you know, eight, nine, 10 pick, but in this one, you can make a case that he has one of the highest ceilings and already has established a pretty good floor for himself, I think. Yeah, I feel like this lottery is going to be defined by teams really falling in love with the pluses of a player and less a lottery of of teams uh, getting scared about the minuses because, as you said, so many of these players have uh, very clear minuses that would that they would have to work out uh, as they developed as a pro. But that that's kind of what a weak draft is. It's a, it's a lot of players with very clear uh, minuses. Okay, coming up, 
Uh, we've got to find out who Alex Wolf and the Locked On Knicks podcast selected in the seventh slot. A lot of big names left. We've got Jay's, James Wiseman still on the board. We've got Cole Anthony out of Carolina still on the board. We'll find out who Alex selected for the Locked On Knicks podcast uh, in just a second. Okay, Alex, you are officially on the clock. As you said in the first segment, you were unable to trade this pick. Unfortunately, you have to make it. It is the seventh pick. Who are you selecting uh, for the Locked On Next podcast? Well, yeah, and let me just say like two quick things before I make this selection. One, I think it's going to be interesting this year to see in real life how these picks are valued and how easy it is to move up compared to other years because of what we were just talking about at the end of the last segment. But like, as I mentioned, I, I offered up two first round picks, you know, so the seventh overall and then a late 20s from the Clippers and wasn't able to move into the top three. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go in real life this year, if the if the Knicks would potentially go for that. My other thing is, like, if it were available to me, I might have looked to trade back here. Um, there's one prospect that I've been really talked into uh, named Alexei Pokashevsky, as long as I got his name right, um, who's a, a thin power forward, like stretch four, stretch four or five kind of build guy. Um, good on the defensive end, good shooter, but definitely very skinny and needs to fill out a lot. And uh, he's someone I've sort of been talked into lately. And that would be a guy I'd be interested in trading down for. That said, uh, there's no trade down option here. So there was only a trade up, a trade up option. And I wasn't able to make that happen. So I went with Denny Avdia out of, uh, out of Israel with my pick and I've got like, I'm not a hundred percent sold on this one. Um, but you know, as you said in the last segment, you know, this is sort of about selling yourself on the positives of guys rather than the negatives in this draft, I think, and trying to find guys that at least have the, the upside play. You know, I, I don't know that in this lottery, even that there's even any like sure things like you even look at Obi Toppin who uh, Minnesota took in this and he's, I don't think a sure thing. I think there's very real concerns about like his defense is that bad that I don't know that he could do it in the NBA. And I don't know if he's like necessarily going to be the force on offense in the NBA that he was in the NCAA. But um, Avdia, he's, he's kind of just like a do it all Swiss army knife type of player. I don't think he'll ever turn into an, an all-star for example. Um, I think that he's, there's real concerns about his shooting. He shot, pretty bad from three point range for most of the season and also pretty bad from the free throw line, which is generally the more concerning thing with a young player. Uh, but he spent the whole quarantine time reworking his form and uh, his league has now resumed play. And since they resumed play, he's been shooting really, really well. And he's put together a, a number of really strong games. And that sort of gives me hope. He reminds me, in many ways of RJ Barrett, who's already on the Knicks in that, you know, RJ had his struggles this year. He didn't shoot the best from three. Um, He definitely has things in his game that he needs to work on, but he has just like this unending work ethic. And it seems like Denny has that as well. And those are the sort of players that I feel comfortable banking on. Um, Even if I don't think he's going to become a superstar or anything, I think that there's a good chance that he could become, you know, a like, an idealized Dario Saric, maybe, you right. know, like if, if Dario Saric met his potential, um, 
yeah, that could maybe be Danny Avdia. That's the comparison that I keep seeing is Dario, but if he played a lot better. And 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 he has the one thing that I think is valued so much now, which is versatility. I mean, he already has it offensively because he can do an array of things. And if if you're a team that feels like you can bring him into your system and fix his, you know, fix his three point shot, uh, then then you you're confident that you may have a future star on your team. One of the kind of value star picks in in this draft has the point forward uh, potentially six nine as the six ten wingspan, two hundred fifteen pounds. You know, if he bulks up a little bit. Uh, you've and he's only 19 years old. Uh, he's I think he's playing basketball right now. I think they've they've restarted uh, some play mm-hmm. in Israel. So you know he's getting um, a jump start on some of the other prospects uh, in in this draft. Uh, so that's another interesting aspect. And, and I'll tell you this, Alex, I had my eye on Denny, and had you not selected Denny. Uh, that would uh, that would have changed the calculus on my pick. Uh, that was one of those situations where it was right there. I didn't feel like it was worth approaching you about a trade uh, to trade up for Denny because there are players there were players available to me that I felt like would fit with the with what the Hornets needed um, and what they wanted out of this draft. And so I d- decided not to trade up. But Denny is, I think, going to be a very attractive player if he's available where the Hornets are selecting because I think he has that potential as like an elite score playmaker, you know, and, and is it a far off potential? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I think that it's there, it exists. And that's something definitely uh, the Hornets uh, could use. So a lot of interesting analysis there, Alex, you're confident that you made the right pick. You, you'd have no second thoughts about maybe a Cole Anthony, a James Wiseman was still on the board. Um, uh, R.J. Hampton uh, is is kind of volatile. He's I've seen him top ten. I've seen him uh, top seven, top six. You know, but no thoughts about R.J. Hampton. No, uh, you know, in the last one that we did of this, I passed on Halliburton. Um, Halliburton went high in this one. wasn't even on yeah. the yeah wasn't even in the top eight in the first one, and goes uh, five, I believe, in this one. Exactly. So he he gives me you know if he would have been there, that would have given me some pause because um, I think that he has again not star potential, but has a, a a real chance to contribute right away and just kind of be a good contributor for his whole career. Um, but other than that, no, I, I didn't really have any. I don't have much interest in Cole Anthony. I, I think that he did get a little bit of a, a little bit too bad of a rap, given how bad his North Carolina team was this year and how much of the load he had to shoulder himself. But I still, I'm not totally sold on him, and I'd rather Denny. And then like Wiseman doesn't appeal to me at all, quite frankly, because the, the Knicks already have Mitchell Robinson, who I think is better. Um, this this least, this draft feels like. It's like playing a game of battleship. Like there's a Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. somewhere in this draft. Yeah. Like a player we just have no idea. Maybe it's Denny. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Tyrese. Uh, but mm-hmm. it just feels like there's a player that nobody sees coming right now, and it's just sitting there waiting for somebody to select and change the trajectory of their franchise. It does kind of remind you of that like 2013 draft, doesn't it? Like the uh, that was the the. Um What's his name? Oh my God. I can't believe I'm forgetting with the Cavs, Anthony Bennett dress, um, you know, where Oladipo ended up, you know, being one of the better players out of that draft. And then Giannis fell, you know, to just outside the lottery, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then you had, you know, a surprise rookie of the year and Michael Michael Carter Williams. Williams, 
You know, I feel like there's a chance maybe this year that Halliburton could be that Michael Carter Williams that comes in and and puts up immediate numbers, but then maybe plateaus early. Um, you know, and then you, yeah, you could definitely have someone you know in the in the back half of the lottery that really surprises you and comes out as a you know as a force in a couple years time. You know, if you give them a little bit of seasoning and whatever, um, I, I think there's actually a chance that that guy could be the guy that I mentioned a minute ago in Pokashevsky, uh, if someone buys into that, but I guess we'll see. We'll but see. It, we'll it, see if I buy I'm no into expert. It. We'll see if I buy into <laughs> it because I have the next pick, the eighth pick. Uh, so with the eighth pick, I had a couple of options. Uh, Wiseman was on the board. Uh, Cole Anthony was on the board, you know, could, do I expect Michael Jordan, uh, to uh, fulfill his reputation as as somebody who likes to select players from North Carolina, even though it's kind of unfounded. Uh, there were a lot of options uh, for me, but I decided ultimately uh, Walker Mail, my co-host, gave me the the license to select who I wanted. In the first draft, we selected Devin Vassell out of Florida State. He was still available, but I decided to go with my gut, and I selected James Wiseman, kind of out of Memphis because he only played a couple of games with uh, the eight selection. Wiseman fulfills a need for the Charlotte Hornets. They were really dead last in ability to protect the rim and uh, defensive rebounding. Wiseman would help both of those. He's a player that I feel like is one of two, maybe three players in this draft who has legitimate star potential just because of his measurables and uh, the little bit that we got to see him play in college, and and people have plenty of tape on this guy. They understand that he's he has athletic ability that doesn't make sense for his size, and uh, I think he would help this defense that was already starting to come together. They felt like, you know, it, it, the the defense with the Charlotte Hornets was not good if you look at the overall uh, season, but it improved dramatically as they started to buy in to the system that Borrego was installing all year. And I think it really is just missing that one piece, which is uh, somebody who can protect the rim, not just block shots. I'm not talking about that and help defense. I'm just talking about a player that can intimidate guards. Who Guards were getting by uh, uh, Devontae Graham and, and Terry Rozier all year long, and they, they didn't have to think twice before finishing at the rim. That's what the Hornets need. They need a player that's going to make them think twice uh, before going all the way to the rim, and I think Wiseman could fulfill that role immediately. Are there risks? Sure. But if he falls to eight, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, James Wiseman fell to seven in the first mock draft, so he wasn't available for me to select in in that first one, but he was available here. I selected him. Alex, what do you think of my pick? I, I like it. Um, you know, obviously Okongwu was off the board uh, with Detroit taking him. I, I think maybe as a as a sure thing, I like Okongwu better, but as a, you know, a long shot, like potential pick, I like Wiseman better. Um, based off what I've seen about him, I mean, it, it seems like everything you said is correct. I mean, he's going to be a good rebounder. He's going to be a a good post scorer. Um, and I think, a, I think a pretty good interior defender right around the basket. Um, the main thing that I've seen that's concerning with him is his ability to defend in space. So hopefully he doesn't get switched onto the perimeter too often and stuff like that, because apparently that's a weak point for him. But, you know, we've seen with a number of, of bigs too, that if they have the right athleticism to, you know, counter that sometimes they can recover and make the, you know, uh, make the chase down block sort of if a guy gets by them and, and things of that nature. So, um, I think it's definitely a good pick for you. I mean, if the Knicks had any need at all for a big, you know, 
that would have been a direction I would have entertained going. But Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks is already so good that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I've said this on the podcast on on Lockdown Hornets. I'm so jealous of you guys for having Mitchell Robinson. I mean, he gets he gets like 27 rebounds every time he plays the Charlotte Hornets. And yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a joy to watch, right? I mean, you get to watch him every night. I only get to watch him two or three times a year, but he's got to just be yeah. a joy to watch. He's so fun. I mean, he's, uh, I love watching Mitch play. And, you know, I think he's got a lot of room to grow too, which is the the better thing about him. Like he's been working on a jump shot, which apparently he's really making progress on. And like, my God, if he puts together a jump shot, forget about it. I mean, he just set the, he just set the field goal percentage record for the NBA this year, because essentially if you throw it within five feet of the hoop and he can jump for it, he's going to put it in the hoop. Um, he's like an alley-oop machine. He is a blocking machine. I mean, his block percentage is through the roof. Uh, it, it actually went down a little bit this year because he finally started learning how to control himself as well and not hack at everything and not foul so much towards the end of this year. So yeah, he's, he's developing really nicely. Like I, I really think next year, could be sort of a breakout year for him where he he asserts himself as like one of the better centers in the NBA. And and I would say almost definitely he'll be up there challenging Rudy Gobert for best defensive center in the NBA in no time. Ugh, disgusting. I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> uh, you bring up an interesting point, though. If the Hornets say they go into the fourth slot uh, and the, that Obi Toppin is not available and they really do – you know, have Onyeko Kongwu there for them and James Wiseman. I think that presents an interesting choice for the Charlotte Hornets. Do they fill an, an, an absolutely immediate and clear need in rebounding and rim protection that Onyeko Kongwu can give you? Or do they swing for the fences and try to add talent? And and that's all you're hearing out of, out of the Charlotte Hornets camp right now is they – understand Mitch Kupchak and James Borrego, the whole organization understands that while they have some very uh, good talent on this team and developing talent on this team, they don't feel like they have a star player, a player that can win you a playoff series, at least not yet. Uh, these, uh, you know, as well as Devontae Graham played as, as good of a rookie season as PJ Washington had, there's no definitive evidence that either of those players can put put a team on their back and win them a playoff series. And so they are looking for that. And can they find it in this draft? Probably not in, in the eighth slot. Um, but if they do uh, grab the number one pick, I think there's an argument that LaMelo could be that player. And I think you'd find some people who argue that James Wiseman could be that player. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Hornets really are serious about swinging for the fences and finding that sort of uh, franchise-defining talent or if they're satisfied with finding a player that can fill that need. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. To your point about like needing a player that can potentially win you a playoff series, I don't know if Wiseman could ever be that in today's NBA. Like, I just feel like there's so few centers that you could really say are good enough to straight up like be your best player, like definitively. And yeah, you, well, you, you would. I mean, be, how- you would be betting that he could find some some extra uh, abilities that maybe he didn't have a chance to develop while he was at Memphis or show off while he was yeah. at Memphis that he, that he could turn into a player that isn't just a center. I feel like if you were going to have a center that could could be like an A1 superstar on a real playoff contender at this point, it would have to be like Carl Anthony Towns with defense. 
you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and I don't know, I, I'm sure we'll see that player at some point show up, but man, that that's like such a crazy player to think about. I, I, I guess maybe the closest you could say is maybe like Embiid is, you know, in, in today's game, you know, it, an offensive threat, you know, at sort of at all three levels, even if he's not actually a good three point shooter, mm-hmm. but he sort of has that gravity out to the three point line. And then a really elite defender and rebounder. I mean, I don't know. I I think he's probably the closest thing to it. Thanks to those guys for delivering us the picks for the Knicks and the Hornets as those teams will be in, are in the delete eight and are looking ahead to the draft. I guess we're under three months now to the draft. So get excited, get fired up. That lottery is coming up anytime now. I guess it's only a little over a month until the lottery. So we can start going through the mock drafts once again rehashing all this stuff that's the life of a pistons fan we're getting through it together here on the locked on pistons podcast but that wraps up this edition of locked on pistons now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on nba have a great rest of the week and we'll talk to you guys on monday